But to be honest, that song could be a disaster, and y'all nailed it. That song could be tough, and y'all, that was excellent. Fantastic. Um, sermon's going to be about three and a half minutes this morning. Because, you stop clapping. This is the Church of Christ, we don't clap. Now we're, uh, I, I do, before we begin, I do want to um, say a quick prayer, because uh, I don't know if any of y'all were paying attention yesterday to just some crazy stuff going on in Virginia, um, but I, I just want to pray for all involved there. We've always been a tried to be a church that prayed for all involved, people who are in the wrong, people who were just victims, um, because God says pray for your neighbor, pray for your enemy, pray for all involved. So uh, I want to say a quick prayer for that and those people, and um, just because I I feel it. So uh, let's pray. Father, uh, you, you see us clearly. You see us in our motives. You see us in our... Um, biases. You see us as we are motivated by things that are impure. So God, we're not, we're not claiming to have any solutions here when we come to your throne. Just we, all, all we know to do in these moments is to come into your presence. Um, God, those, be, with, be with those who are hurting from yesterday's events, those who are suffering, those who are afraid. Um, God, be with those who hate, break their hearts, so that they can truly find um, your son, and be with those who um, just don't know what to do. God, I think that's all of us right now. God, as, as, as tension rises in our world, God, help us never to be the ones who are pointing to our own understandings, our own desires, our own race, and to always point to your son, um, point to his life, his death, his resurrection, and help us to be the ones who are seeking the difficult peace that you offer. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. All right, when I was a kid, if you'd have asked me, what does it look like to be a Christian? You say, what, what, what does it mean that you're a Christian? I, would have, I, I, I don't know if I would have given a great answer. Um, it, it would have, it, I didn't have a consistent written out memo that said this is what Christianity was or is. I, I just would have said, okay, well, I think, and this is probably Junior High Benjamin. Junior High Benjamin would have said, is that funny? Just Junior High Benjamin? It was. Just imagine a Tootsie Roll pop with clothes on. That's what I look like. So, uh, so you ask Junior High Benjamin, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it look like to be a Christian? I would have said, okay, um, all right. Jesus, we were sinners, and Jesus died so that we, our sins could be forgiven. And he offered us a gift. But that gift uh, needs to be accepted. And it's a lot of work to accept that gift. Um, so you've, you've got to do five things, I would have said, because this, this was kind of pounded into me. Five things. You need to hear, believe, uh, repent, confess, be baptized, uh, go to Wednesday night church. Um, just, these, just these five things. Go to Wednesday night church, 
Um, ha, ha, don't don't swear. Uh, don't smoke. But they only told that that to us in Bible class, teenage Bible class, because uh, the deacons at our church smoked all the time. <laughs> don't uh, drink and, um, and and come to church all the time. Like, not just Wednesday nights. Every time the doors are open, because if you don't, who knows? Like, what if Jesus comes back on a Wednesday? You're not there. And so, to me, church was about responding properly to God, but it was more of a command than anything else. Is that you've got to be there, and then when you're not there, um, no, like odd substances in your body. So alcohol, drugs, um, no tattoos, because um, that's talked about in Leviticus. And, but also the scripture they would use here is that your body is a temple. And that's our scripture today. You are a temple of God. Don't do anything that would violate the temple. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start the sermon by telling you how many tattoos I have. Zero. But it's not because I haven't wanted one. It's because I can't make up my, on my mind on what, is, what art is good enough for forever. That's just where I sit, right? Um, some of you have beautiful, th- some of you have different languages and beautiful. Th- we, have, we have probably more tattoos per capita in this church than any other church. <laughs> yeah. So. But we're not condemning anybody, and I want you to see that I think we we probably have misused some scriptures here to push what we typically would think would be a good and good lifestyle. Um, and I think these scriptures could mean more than what we've made them mean. See, one of the problems with my with junior high Benjamin's understanding of church is that like salvation and church attendance, to be honest, couldn't tell you how they were connected. I wouldn't know why going to church was good for us. But I think we'll see it here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Don't you know, or aren't you aware, that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Now, this is an excellent translation of that verse. Some of your Bibles might have just said, don't you know that you are God's temple? This translation says, you yourselves are God's temple. And then at the end says, you together are God's temple. Because in most languages, not in English, although we, you'll see we have an exception in the South. In most languages, they have singular and plural pronouns. They have 
I and we. They have um, him and them. In English, we officially just have you and you. We have you and you. Now, in the South, we have y'all, which would be an excellent translation here. But in the Bible, they have singular and plural yous, and we don't really get to translate them, y'all, although we should. King James actually does a decent version where they say um, ye. Y-E in the King James is a plural you. Not that you know that. It's just, just a weird word. But here it says, don't you, don't you or y'all know that y'all yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. See, the problem And typically in the Bible, if you can find the problem that's in Scripture, you'll find better answers in Scripture. You don't want the Bible to answer questions that the Bible didn't ask. So the problem here is in 1 Corinthians 1. See what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1. I appeal to you. This is how he starts the letter. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly united in mind and in thought. A good, good rule of Bible study is every time there's a, a conclusion by Paul, then you have to assume that the conclusion was needed. That Paul is saying there, is, there are divisions among you. Stop it. When he calls them to unity, it's because they needed to be called to unity. So he says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, that you agree with one another, that there be no divisions among you, but you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Now, this does not mean, as we typically take it, oh, yes, we all need to be unified, so everyone agree with me. My brothers and sisters, come from, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you. (laughs) We would have never said this. I thank God that I did not baptize any of you, except Crispus and Gaius. So no one can say that you were baptized in my name. After this, I don't have it on here, but there's the funniest parenthetical statement in all of Scripture. It's Paul going, oh, yeah, I also baptized these people and these people. Beyond that, I don't know. I'm not sure. I just didn't want to baptize any of you. But what he's getting at is I don't want you to claim that you were baptized in my name. I don't want to start divisions among you. Did Paul die for you? Did Apollos die for you? See, the church, the, the church for him was so important that the worst thing Paul ever says about anybody is when that somebody is dividing the church. Not people that are wrong, he corrects the people who are wrong. People who are living properly, he tells them to live properly. People who are dividing the church, he says, get them out. The only time Paul ever says that anybody should be ever kicked out of the church is when they were trying to split the church. 
Paul really deeply valued the unity of the body of Christ. And he says later in 1 Corinthians, he says, don't you know that you all are the temple of God? Now, you remember the temple. The temple was where God dwelt. And the temple of God is just the dwelling place. It's where God resides. And he's not off the bat saying that each one of you individually is the temple of God in and of yourself. He's saying the body of Christ, the church, the church at Corinth, don't you know that you guys as a group are the temple of God? And then he phrases it and says, says and the spirit is in your midst. I've long believed that we've, we've too frequently individualized the, the Holy Spirit and individualized Christianity. Jesus even says of his disciples, of his apostles, whenever two or three of you are gathered, there I will be. God has never valued the individual over the group. So much so that if an individual is hurting the group, the individual needs to go. Paul is, Paul is pushing for these people, these people, these divided people, to remember that they are the temple. Look at all of you. All of you together are two, are, are separately are a bunch of different things. We are farmers and teachers and students and teenagers. We've got administrators and coaches and equipment operators and a horse. We've got one horse dentist. Lester's a retired rocket scientist. We've got, we've got, we've got all sorts of people from all different walks of life and we're all so different and we have different views about different things and we have different understandings. We were raised differently. And church is where we get together. All of us being different. All different backgrounds. All different education levels. Different colors of our skin. And different, different languages that we learned when we were kids. We stand together as the temple of God. what's crazy to me when Christians when Christ, people who say Jesus is Lord also says whites are the best that's nuts first off Jesus was as brown as they come that's just historically inaccurate And I know there's a lot of, I'm not specifically talking, there's a lot of themes going on around nowadays. But anytime we say my group or my, my certain distinction 
is superior, we are going against the will of God every single time. Because what God wanted was people from every nation, every tribe, every language coming together and being His representatives here on this earth. We, we can't be God's representatives if we're, if we're divided over things like that. We feel superior. We feel better than. We, we, can't, we, it can't, we can't do it. And God calls us to be His people. Different and all sorts of backgrounds. That's what's beautiful about Christianity is that we, we aren't an ethnicity. We're a temple. We aren't a tribe. We're a temple. We're not a group of individuals who each have their own personal spiritual life that somehow informs the spiritual life of the church. I think we've got that backwards. The church is the temple of God. We represent His Spirit is in our midst. And so when we go from here, this place should affect our out there. Not out there affecting our in here. We are, we are, God, pay attention real quick. God is with us now. This is the sanctus sanctum. This is the holy of holies. This is the temple of God. And so we respect this, not this building, but this group of people. Equally, straight across the board. Now this can have some beautiful, uh, beautiful words. Whatever word I'm supposed to say there. This can, this can have some... Um, I'm just going to forget that sentence. I'm going to go into my notes and strike that sentence. That sentence doesn't work in this sermon. Outcomes. This can have some beautiful outcomes. This can have some, some excellent things that, that we do in worship and in life because we see ourselves as a temple of God. So whenever I come to worship, I am with God, with God's people. God's temple is here. See, this is more than just not smoking and not getting tattoos. God's temple is unified because God is here unifying it. We are the temple of God, and so when we destroy the temple of God, see, the, the hard application of this is that when you've got something against somebody and you, instead of going to that someone like Jesus said, you kind of talk about it with somebody else and you say, oh, well, they're not really who they say they are. You're destroying the temple of God. Go to them. The temple of God can't have divisions in it. That, that what we find here, that when we gather God's, in God's presence, when we gather in God's presence, we find equality. We find, we find uninhibited love. When we're working against that, do not destroy or devalue the temple of God. Because y'all are the temple of God. 
I don't want us to value over the temple of God our own individual self. Because that can be detrimental. No matter what you think. No matter how much you lift up yourself. If you're putting down others or how, how, how intelligent you think you are. How right we think we are. God's temple deserves to be honored. See, in my mind, that connects, that helps me connect God saving us and going to church. Because it's not God saves me, so, I, so that's just sort of what we do. But every Sunday at 9.30 for Bible class and 10.30 for worship, God's temple meets. And God is present with them. God is here. Jesus is with us. Can you imagine walking out of church and going, God was with us, but that song was not my favorite. How much moaning and complaining we do about church. Do not destroy the temple of God. How much whining we do about the length of the sermon. Not really. Y'all don't do that. Do not destroy. God, God was present. But the sermon went on about two minutes too long. God is present. We are not going to church. And I heard that all my life. Mama, do we have to go to church tonight? We don't go to church. We are the church. Do we have to be the church tonight? <laughs> but that really helps me thinking about that because it's not just that we are the church. It's that we are the, tem we are the temple of God. God. So the question is not, as a Christian, am I going to church? The temple. The, the question is, God is going to be present in the temple of God this morning. Am I going to be there with him? God is going to be here. Will I be here? It's not, it's not about getting your, your name checked off and saying, oh, I went to church. God was present. Were you present when God was present? I, that's why I come to church. I love you guys. I do. And together, without you, I couldn't be a part of the temple of God, but God's here too today. That, that means the world to me. God is here with us. And so if, if, you, if you have um, something that, that you need to get off your chest, something you need to repent of, something you need prayer about, you don't just walk up in front of all these people. In the presence of God, you come and repent. 
In the temple of God, you come and say you're sorry. In the temple of God, you say, I, can, I need help with this. I need, I need God for this. Yesterday, when, when Richard and Megan were baptized, their, their whole, whole family was here. I think, they just, I think they grabbed kids that I've never seen before just off the street and brought them. Whole family was here. I won't baptize, I will, I will not baptize people in secret. I will not, when someone says, I need to get baptized, I'll say, okay, well, um, your family going to be there, going to do it on Sunday. Someone comes to my office at 2 o'clock on a Tuesday, I need a crowd. I need a temple present. Because when the temple of God, I, that's, that's what's great, is their whole family he, was here to recognize their dedication to Jesus. I, I need a temple. And so when you come and give your life to Jesus here, you're not just doing it in front of your church, you're doing it in front of your, or just doing it in front of your family like they did yesterday. You're doing it in front of God. God watched your baptism. God heard your praise. God is present in this place. Now, I get sleeping in. And I get it that Sunday might be your day. But I'm not telling you to come to church because, or come back next week, or go wherever you go next week. I'm not telling you that because God's going to be really mad if you don't. But I genuinely believe God will miss you if you're not there. Because we are the temple of God. And he is present and in our midst when we gather together. And I can't think of anything better than that. If you need anything this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing.